0: Hey, guys, Lance Erlein here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com.
1: Ping. Garbage organization, but I can maybe help them out of the gutter. Ping. Ping. Somebody said female golfer. golfer. (laughs) Ping. Female golfer. Ping. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance.
0: I wish Lance wouldn't have ruined the game show that was taking over the nation. (laughs) All right, well, we didn't get Frank's new uh, updated work. I was very curious. We'll see if it uh, loads in at 8 o'clock. I'm curious to see what it sounds like with you as co-host. What kind of thing you, that think you said at- that can
2: be. You think he'll use yeah. my words against me? Yes, uh, 100% he okay. will. Without question.
0: I wonder if Ime Udoka's words were used against him in any way, shape, or form. You mean uh, in Boston or, or last night? Last night. Okay. I don't know if he said anything uh that at halftime that they used his words against him with a forty-one point third quarter from the Trailblazers. And Houston was kind of cruising for a while. I mean it was they had a lead. It wasn't it wasn't insurmountable by any stretch. But then all of a sudden they went from being from looking like it was going to be kind of a boat race where they'd maintain anywhere from three to seven and I thought they would walk away with it to now all of a sudden, oh, we got a game. What is this? Third quarter, and, and the Rockets scored in a third, but they were terrible, lousy in the fourth quarter. And then they, uh, Brogdon showed up in the fourth quarter. The Rockets, uh, could not, could they, they hung on and then they overtook the Portland Trailblazers. And it was a matter of finishing the final four minutes. They couldn't do it. They went to overtime and then Portland just jumped out on them in overtime and it was a done deal. And the Rockets have now lost back to back home games they don 't do this often this is this is where they make hay they 've lost uh back to back games against this time against a team that is only thirteen and thirty one I mean this team is a bad team six and nineteen away from the home away from home the rockets the Rockets have now fallen to sixteen and eight at home after getting off to a great start i mean that 's fine that 's fine but that 's also why they 're now twenty and twenty three they' are three games under five hundred. They're currently, I believe, still in the 11th spot of the West, but the home the home court value is not what it once was, and this is a Rocket team that is struggling with their identity again, uh, out of nowhere. And maybe they have their identity, but they're not playing they're not playing consistent defensive basketball, and it's become a big problem. You you can't lose games like this at home, not if you want to get into the playoff. Uh, play in at least losing to a team that had six wins on the road and you get beaten overtime. no good. And, and the Rockets yesterday, defensively, once again, coming up a little bit short and, and did not get consistent performances across the board from starters. And it, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're not a hundred percent where they need to be. Obviously Jabari Smith was out yesterday. That was a big one, but, uh, the Rockets right now just are struggling to find themselves. It, it was it was it was a very disappointing game because I really did feel like and eh, whatever happens here, the Rockets have more have the they're the better class uh, team in this matchup, and they win in the end. And it didn't happen, and it's starting to get frustrating to see what, what's going on with the Rockets.
2: Yeah, he may talked about it. We have sound from him regarding some of their shot selection, how they played on offense, but he talked about missing guys like Tar Eason, and Jabari Smith, he's been a con- big.
0: Don't you think, Tari Eason's
2: defense of woes?
0: Hasn't he been the biggest? Like Tari Eason's value to this team has never been greater. Has never been on display more than over the last two weeks. Like they really do. You you see how valuable he
2: is. Yeah he he brings a certain element that they don't have, and then particularly when you don't have Jabari Smith on the floor either. Um, as I mentioned, he may point it to those two guys as why the defense is kind of kind of kind of lost its way and we know it's a team that's maybe not allergic to scoring but certainly has its issues sometimes shooting the basketball and when you don't have those two guys out there to supplement your defense you turn you turn and you turn into playing games against the trailblazers coming off a back the second night of a back-to-back where they lose a controversial game least in their eyes a game they're protesting because they feel like they called a timeout that they didn't get against Oklahoma City so they're coming in a little pissed off coming in off a back-to-back losing a heartbreaker and they come in and and Jeremy Grant hits a falling away bank shot three to tie the game, and it and then they kind of run away with an overtime, have complete control. So as much as you talked about the Rockets, you felt they would find their way to win this game? Mm-hmm. They would have, except for the shot, and he may talk about that as well when they, when they asked him about it. It's, it's one of the more frustrating losses because of how that shot went down. He said, well, oh, that shot was something – We talked about whether we would foul, but there's not a lot of time, and he's going away from the basket. But you know what? A lot of things led up to that. It was more than the shot. The way we played put us in a position for that shot to matter. Uh, So he wouldn't even put too much on the shot or how they played it because they did too many things previous to that uh, that led to the loss.
0: Well, let's hear from Ime Udoka yesterday. He was very specific in one of the reasons, one of the problems he thought the Rockets failed yesterday when it was uh, in crunch time.
1: It was not carryover from what we did in the fourth to basically give ourselves a chance to win. I think um, too much hero ball one-on-one, not not the ball moving. We kind of got us back in and then defensively didn't have the same intensity that we were scrambling going after them. So um, I mean, it's kind of indicative of the third quarter and 57 in the first half, 41 in that quarter didn't come out with any intensity or Defensive mindset at all. I think when games are were, we're scoring easy, we scored thirty plus in every quarter. Um, you know, we sometimes get too comfortable, and to give up forty-one in that third quarter, it's embarrassment. Yeah,
0: I think that um, I think that Udoka, and this is a sign of the good teams, the best teams are able to stay focused with with who they are and what they do when the going gets tough. Like the Rockets, it's a classic case of they've gotten substantially better at sharing the ball, at playing more fluid offensively, um, at, at not letting the ball get as sticky as it used to. That's a phrase we heard all the time. But when the going gets really tough and one player feels like they have to carry it, sometimes that happens with Jalen, sometimes that happens with uh, Shingoon, that's when that's when your discipline's really tested, and I don't think the Rockets are disciplined enough at this stage. Obviously, not to continue to play the best style of basketball to get the most efficient shots and the best looks. And I'm not saying you know you you can't go heavy to Shingun late in the game because he's probably gonna he's going to give you your most efficient looks. But I do think that uh, I do think that it's going to be really tough for for this Rockets team because they're not they they just they don't have the level of wins like they don't. It ha- it just hasn't happened for them to be confident to stick with the plan. And that's why Udoka, you know, that's why you're gonna have games like this. You get into hero ball situations and hero balls all they played the year before. That's why in the two years before, that's why they would always falter in the fourth quarter. They couldn't Kevin Porter Jr. would think he had to take over, or Jalen would think he had to take over, and it turned into bad shots. We don't see it as much this year, but it does it does rear its head from time to time.
2: Yeah, I mentioned Jalen Green, a guy we talked about quite a bit yesterday. Um, we had Roosh Williams on the show to discuss the potential future and maybe the more immediate present for Jalen Green. Had a nice night. 29 points like on 24 shots isn't great, Then that was not helped by the three-point percentage. But, you know, 50% from the floor is good. Um, the efficiency you'd like, like maybe got to the line more, shot better from three, but you can't knock the night overall as far as scoring, but... I watch bits and pieces of his of his game, and you talk about it quite a bit. Where if he can be in a more free flowing, um, free flowing offense, he'll get shots. And you know he got to his mid range, pull up quite a bit on non. They weren't really plays. He would he would maybe uh, get something off off a screen and, and, and exploit that and get to a spot and make a shot. So he had these are the flashes that people see, and they think, okay, why can't we see that more often? And it may be simply a product of. Uh, you, you, your theory about his lack of ability to play in structure. But him and Shingun, the two guys you would want to have good nights, did. But without Jabari, without Tari, without that defensive punch, they could not put away that Trailblazers team. The 41 points that you may talk about is ridiculous, particularly for a team that you would think would be tired coming off uh, coming off no rest, coming from Oklahoma City. And whatever happened at halftime where the Rockets felt like they had control, I mean, they're only up by six. But they every time Portland kind of made a run, they kind of pushed them away for the first first 24 minutes of that game uh the four, that third quarter changed it and the shot is a shot it, it it's improbable it's one that nine out of ten times jeremy grant probably doesn't make and we're we're ha- we're having a different discussion because yeah they win the game but Emace, at least in his postgame comments would have still been bothered by how they how they got there and these are the things you're going to see i would say young team because of because of you know you have Jalen, you, you have you have um Shan but you know Jeff Green played thirty Jeff minutes. Jeff was out there. Yeah. Dylan Brooks played thirty plus minutes. Fred Van Fleet. So you did have several veterans on the team, but but that wasn't enough to overcome a, a bad defensive well, night. Well,
0: you call them veterans; they're called old heads. Well, Dylan Brooks Dylan isn't Brooks really isn't an old, but head. he's got. Kind of, well, yeah, he's not really Jeff, an old head. Uncle
2: Jeff, you could call an old Uncle head. Uncle
0: Jeff definitely is. Yeah. Vliet has the soul of an old head. He looks kind of old heady. <laughs> Um, there, a little bit later, I want to get into the Rockets and wh- whether or not they'll make a trade. I want to I want to take a look at some of the positions. Um, there's a list the Chronicle had, and I think, you know, they're in a weird place where you're you're eleventh, and you're not gonna you know you're not ready to win any kind of championship, so you don't want to make any you don't want to make any dumb trades, part time you know, band aid trades. Any trade that you make has to be for the good of the team moving forward for more than a year or two. um, Or it has to be to position yourself, you know, in moving a guy like Jalen Green, who you don't want to pay contractually in the future. I do know this. um, Jabari Smith was out. If you missed it on Saturday, he twisted. He came down with a rebound, twisted his ankle. And he, or I don't know if he came down with the ball, but he twisted his ankle. And uh, he is out, maybe out a little bit longer. Tari Eason, they say, is a week away. Udoka said he's a week away from contact drill. So we're still probably like, you know, 10 days to two weeks away from Tari Eason being back. And that is, man, he is super valuable to this team. Tari Eason brings, he's just such a good rebounder. Have you ever noticed his production per minute? When he's on the court, he's immediately tapping loose balls to teammates, grabbing offensive rebounds, getting putbacks, causing turnovers in the backcourt when they're pressuring. Just little things. He's gets a junk baskets around the goal. he's just such an important part of what the Rockets do. He and Jabari Smith, and when they're both out, you just you sense there's just something missing when there's just something missing when it's jeff when it's Londale and Jeff Green Londale, yeah, ugh, and he even had his best game as a rocket. They were talking as funny Craig Ackerman and they even were were brutally honest, he and Ryan Holland said. You know, it hasn't been the best year for L- Landale, but this is probably his best game to date. He's having one of his best games. Like, yeah, it still was. I we mean, still haven't learned his name. Like, Is we, it it's or Land- Landale or Landale?
2: You said Landale, and that got me saying Landale, but it's Landale. Then it is Lawndale. You corrected Landale. yourself to Landale.
0: Yeah, they say Landale. I think it's more Landale, and I have an Australian accent that I'll sometimes speak with. Uh-huh. So when I speak it, they don't say Landale. They say Lawndale. Lon, lawn lawndale okay that's how you're if you if john says if he says you know he sometimes will speak uh uh spanish names with a spanish accent sure right uh gloria or i don't know i can't do he did something the other day where i asked where, him about what, that but he rolled an r so what yeah Yeah, he probably rolled an r why or art Ra, he called him rascon r- raffel oh rascon art,
2: art, art rascon
0: rascon okay gone rascon so why don't we, if you do that, and because that's how you pronounce Australian. it. Lawndale. Why we, don't we say, Jack Lawndale? Well, most people, I know you come up like this.
2: Well, most people don't break oh, in. most well, people. It they most, go to
0: rebound and didn't even turn it over.
2: Most announcers don't break into an accent that represents the the, the country where the guy's from. They just speak in their regular accent. So it doesn't they don't go, like, if John was yeah. calling a game of... Eduardo Nahara, he might roll an R, but uh-huh. most but most people don't do that. No, but if you're showing respect to the country, you should say Lawndale. I think th- I think Australians would find that more insulting.
0: Not Landale. They don't want you They don't they definitely don't say Landale. They don't in want you butchering
2: their accent.
0: I no, they would appreciate you. that. Like I'm you want Ryan Hollins breaking well, they, into they, an y'all Australian need to Stop accent. coming over and getting all of our jobs. <laughs> our job. Okay. What Australians.
2: Job are they, what job are they taking away from you?
0: They're taking away from good American actors. All these New Zealanders and Australianers need to stop. Some people call them Australians. It's
2: just Australians.
0: But I call them Australanders. <laughs> All there, of it's you. not a thing.
2: Stop coming over and taking our jobs. What job do you think they took away from a great American actor? I mean, Nicole Kidman exactly. took away. Nicole Kidman took away. Something from Julia Roberts. Years. Do you think so? Yeah. You think Julia Roberts was hurting for roles and Nicole Kidman was taking Or what about to
0: me away? more? We're watching her on TV right now. When's the last time you saw her in a movie? Well, that's because With she's a scratchy a, that's because she's an
2: older woman. What about
0: Sandra Bullock? She needs more work. No, well, she doesn't. How she could have been. She, well, if, she could have played the roles that Nicole Kidman played. Look, the Australians mean, have been taking our jobs for years. And you think, now you think in, Sandra in acting, Bullock was in struggling from act, for acting roles? Yeah, because the Australians and the English come over and play Americans all the time. And we don't say anything about them doing... Our accents. Why can I not? Why can announcers like Craig Ackerman and everyone else say, Guys, oh, get shot by Jock. They wouldn't say good shot, but oh, you should have had that one. Wandale well, I- didn't come up with a rebound there. That's what he's paid to do. Come up <laughs> with rebounds, maybe show some type of rim protection,
2: but nothing. Because I mean, there's, do not that. Re- there's not a requirement for an Australian to call an Aust- Australian access to call basketball games. Like, if you, like, that's If you come over here and do an American role, we want to hear the American accent. Would John
0: say, if there was a Mexican basketball player, would he ever say, Orale, Probably. in the middle of a game? Yeah, he would. And he John
2: gets, would. And he'd get fired, yes. John would. would get fired, yes. John could not do Nationals. Crikey, as Ralph, Ralph on YouTube says. By the way, you can watch us on YouTube yeah. if you want to do that. Uh, would you have you you said would you say crikey if Londell misses a no, shot? No,
0: because that's just, I don't even know if that's real. That's just, what was that guy's name? They say crikey. Is it real?
2: No, it's not. It's not exclusive to. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Ooh, shrimp on the ball. Man. <laughs> it's not exclusive to that guy. Yeah. Paul what Hogan. was his name? I don't. Well, Crocodile, Dundee. Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. I went with his real name, Paul Hogan, because I couldn't think of his. Yeah. Crocodile Character name. It's not. Crikey isn't specific to him or unique to him. All Australians say crikey. You know what Canadians do what? instead of saying holy s they go holy. So they're polite, so they don't want to say. Holy. They do, yeah. They go holy instead of saying holy. Not Ryan
0: too. Yes. Well, he, he's
2: not a real Canadian. He's not. He's no, not, he's
0: super Canadian. He's not polite. If you, if you, isn't he French Canadian? You, no, he's Manitoba. Oh, like Lashane They, is they fight French? for fun. Le, well, is French. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You can't trust them. Uh, no, he's Eastern European, Ukrainian.
2: Like they say, to be polite, holy in the in the say like, crikey. do
0: not say crikey. They, they say, do like, Laundale. <laughs>
2: Oh, ah,
0: this guy wasn't even worth this contract. Well, that's why they need to go after Clint Capella at the trade deadline. You want Clint Capella back? Yes. As a backup big? More than this guy. A real, American, like a, it's so. a exactly. real American. Yeah, he's a real American. Clint Capella, real American, played with James Harden. What Nothing's more American than strip clubs, stuffed turkey legs, and can you guess Clint sitting out. Try- well, he doesn't really sit out no. money. Can you he guess plays.
2: Clint Capella's nationality? Do you think you can guess it?
0: Uh, he is, uh, yeah, he's from like Belgium, isn't he? Denmark, Belgium, Switzerland. Yeah. He's one of those tricky. <laughs>
2: don't. Watch no, just
0: tricky. Like, <laughs> no, yourself. no, I don't mean it. I just mean <laughs> tricky. Like you don't know where he's from. Well, the Swiss have tricky. always
2: brought in people from yeah. different parts of the world. Well, and... for
0: soccer teams probably. No, they don't actually on their soccer team.
2: No, they do. They're they like, do. There are people of like Turkish and other descents on Yeah, It's a, it's a country that's very inclusive and they're bringing people from all over the world and giving them Apparently we are, too,
0: because Australians and, and the British are taking our acting jobs. You st- but we just sit there and take it. oh, poor Eric Layden. Yeah, we just sit there and take it. And then I watch somebody like, man, what a great role. This person's really good, and I hear him on Would you interview. rather have
2: Christian Bale or, or an American in a role? I mean... There, there it is. You'd in American Christian Psycho, Psycho, Christian Bale. You'd rather have Christian Bale in most roles as opposed to an American. you rather have Christian Bale or Glenn Powell in an- a role.
0: Until I hear him, and then I hear... Like, I'm just waiting to hear Jeffrey Wright say, well, this has been quite quite a ride for me. Uh, uh, It's very difficult. I, of course, had the role where I was a robot. And then I, like, yeah. I don't want Jeffrey Wright to sound, I don't want him to be British.
2: He's not British, right? No, he's from Washington, D.C. But he
0: looks like he could be British. He's very refined. Yeah, he is refined. All right, 718. Crikey. Crikey, I went way past that. Look what happens when you do. I was just kind of sleepy early talking about the Rockets I'm going to give you a little credit. I'm
2: going to give you a little credit because you didn't d- devolve into your ADD nonsense until the second day. Yesterday, you were pretty on point because we had interviews. And, and by uh, the way, Robert Flores will join us at 745 to talk about Josh Hader and other actual stuff. But it took it about eight minutes into this show to dive into all the nonsense you normally get into. And this is what makes me great. What people, <laughs> okay. not, I'm not saying that. You just said it. What do you no, mean? no, but I'm saying people say that. No, people that don't what say makes, that.
0: What makes it seem like fun is that they don't know. It's By the way, he said break three minutes Literally right. no idea where it's headed. The 719 here on the bench.
1: ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out, door. I will not be murdered wearing a blue and white plastic cone on my head. It's positively undignified. <laughs> The recipe is simple. Take one part, John, because you know what you're going to get. And add like 50 parts, Lance, because you never know what you're going to get. Spike the spice with some Del Olaleya, and damn, it tastes like the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
0: All right, 723, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start opening up the phone lines because it might be an ADD morning for me, so I could... Might kind of, be? Well, you don't even have sports on We're watching a few good men today.
2: You want to you go back to sports Center?
0: Uh, or you no, want to comment on D- Demi be... more? I am actually looking at all these old actors like, hey, look at that's you know, that's kind of regular key for Sutherland. He's always been mean looking. Like he's always he's got resting mean face. He does. He's There's never got... anything that he's even in twenty four he looked mean. He's
2: got resting bad guy face. Like, yeah. vill- like if you you just cast him as a villain and you're good.
0: Yeah, like at our station.
2: Who 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 would you cast at as I hate villain it. here.
0: I, I'm going to take a lot of crap for it, Joel.
2: Well, you're only going to take crap from Joel's Joel. Joel's going to be mad. You're, you're only going to take crap from Joel. I think the rest of the line would agree. Joel doesn't smile
0: that often. Um, I would say John's got some villainous things to him. He's got he and he's
2: it's got not, a little. Yeah, you're right. I think John would would be a villain, too.
0: John, for sure, would be a villain. I'd be one of the good guys. No, you
2: wouldn't. Let's see. You'd be the comic relief.
0: Michael Connor, and Josh Beard would be good guys. Paul Gallant would be a good guy.
2: What about um, Jeremy Branham?
0: Yeah, people think he looks like a chat GPT character, like a I, AI character. I've I've heard
2: that. I think I think you're comic relief. They yeah, they, they cut to you like t- two times or three times a movie for a joke and, and I want a catchphrase at least, but yeah. I'm sure. Of course you do. Of course you want a catchphrase. <laughs> I want a catchphrase. <laughs> Like no, your catchphrase. Are you having a laugh? Your catchphrase. I'm a numbers guy. And, yeah, and everyone would be like, "That has nothing to do with numbers." That's right. Don't look at me. I'm,
0: I'm a, a numbers, numbers guy. guy. And then I could just walk out of the room and, when things are getting hot. And the entire room, guys. Like, I'm a numbers guy. When I walk in, yeah, that's a good one. The Del. entire
2: room would ignore you and go, "He's not a numbers guy." And that's, that's a good one. Yeah,
0: you, yeah. We don't have a lot of villains here. John is probably the top villain. Yes, I think
2: John would fit as a villain. And Joel, you think Joel? Would be, I think Joel would be his henchman, though. Yeah,
0: Joel looks like he'd get after you. Yeah. Because in real life,
2: he will. He will, he
0: will so get will. I probably you. know too much about him. But, uh, yeah. But the rest of the shows don't seem as villainy. Uh, he seemed like a, yeah, like a villain. And Brad, Brad yeah. Kellner he used to have a little here. bit of a, he didn't, he wasn't a villain, but he had like what could have been like, like a little bit of a devious kind of, his eyebrows went a certain way. He was a <laughs> little bit potentially devious.
2: <laughs> you, a supervillain type? Like in a. Yeah, just got to watch him.
0: You just got to watch
2: him. I think he'd be the guy no one expected in a Bond movie. He turns you, out to be a, a bad guy? Yeah, Eme the would, good guy who turns on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, he'll yeah. turn
0: on, yeah. Now, Ime Udoku... He would have
2: deep-seated okay. issues that we don't know about until it pops D'Amico up. D'Amico
0: Ryan's it. a Marvel... D'Amico's in a Marvel movie. Okay. 100%. That's not even close. Ime Udoku could be a bad guy. Uh, if, you Look yeah. at his face. Like, look at... You want to talk about <laughs> resting mean face? Ask the people in Boston. Well, I'm just... <laughs> I'm not even saying that. When you look at... Emi's got that look like he always looks like he's... He always looks like you're about to get in trouble. Like he knows what grade he knows your grades. He got on your grade speed and he knows what your grades are. And he's waiting for you to tell him. And he's got that. He now D'Amico the, is definitely superhero. He called
2: the greatest American hero a soft ass boy to his face. Yeah. <laughs> He did. He called him a soft ass
0: boy, Lebron,
2: James. <laughs> the best or second best player of all time. That's he called like soft oh, yeah. to his face. He called him a soft ass boy. I mean, yeah, he would. He yeah. does have that. in He's him, got yes.
0: villain vibes for sure. And then uh, Dusty wouldn't have, and uh, we, we don't. You know, we we don't have enough on well, the spot. A no. We wouldn't have enough on a spotter. So. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's a supervillain, yeah. but he'll get killed early. Like, he's one of the guys in the movie.
2: Yeah, he's not a super villain. He's the dumb villain who's like, yeah. you think he's the guy, but he's the guy. He's at a
0: meetup early on and he's yelling at everybody. It's too
2: obvious, and someone yeah. will just
0: kill him. Exactly. In,
2: in the first, like, in the action movie, in the first, like, chase scene to start the movie, he's the bad guy. Gets, yeah, yeah,
0: caught. yeah, yeah. 100%. He starts, he sets the tone yeah. with, man, what an a hole. Like, we got to come out of this. I need somebody that's kind of an over the top bad guy, like somebody that where we can really juxtapose the good guy, where we and like well, like somebody, what like a Bill O'Brien type, yeah, actually, Bill O'Brien, yes, let's get Bill
2: O'Brien. He's a guy like in the opening scene of Transport But he is getting who, killed by who Jason Statham kicks in the face a couple of times and kills him and, and then we go on to the rest of the <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, he falls
0: off of a. a yeah, clip? he falls
2: out of <laughs> yeah, something yeah. or who James yeah. Bond has to get like a disc from to yeah, start it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but he doesn't
0: survive like no. he's just he's a set the tone well, I bad know guy guy. The credits
2: are story. Because rolling. in those James Bond movies, like they always kill the exotic woman first as opposed to the real love interest. Bill O'Brien would kill her. James Bond would have to kill Bill O'Brien before he before before James Bond finds the actual woman he or loves. Or the
0: story arc, uh, the character. What do they call it? Not the story arc, but the... Uh,
2: character development?
0: No, no, the the, uh, the, the, the origin story. Mm. The origin story is they go back, they flash back, and Bill O'Brien has done something bad to this person. Of and they, And now they're vengeance. Like, he killed John Wick's dog or whatever. Like John Wick <laughs> is who he is because of Bill O'Brien. Well, like, John, I could see that. Well, to be fair, John, Wich, John Wick
2: was always John Wick, and he was out of the game, and Bill O'Brien killed his dog and brought it back in.
0: Okay, well, that's what I mean. Just, yeah. Then you could have used Bill O'Brien. But the origin story starts with Bill O'Brien being an a-hole, and then eventually, you he's, know, he's a BRC, they get rid of him. He's a
2: B or C villain who gets wiped out very early until you get, into, get to the main one. That's what and it's
0: happening all, you know, the Nick Saban story. He gets wiped out of that story. He gets wiped out of the Patriots story with Bill Belichick. Look at Bill Belichick in that movie. You know, Bill O'Brien is is the one who comes in, and yeah, it goes sideways because he's the he's come in and and he screws things up. And you know, I yeah, Bill O'Brien, his good luck, Ryan Day. I mean, you have added all Ooh. these top tier at Ohio State transfer portal guys. If if they don't win at the
2: highest level, oh, and I mean, you're
0: number one. Bill O'Brien is destined to lose. If to Ryan
2: Day loses a fourth year in a row to, I guess, Sh- Sharon Moore, who yeah, looks like it looks the like, like he's guy. going to. Oh, by, by the way, way, Jim Harbaugh, Chargers head coach.
0: Yeah, Jim Harbaugh made it official yesterday. I think that
2: was. It had to happen this year, right? It had. You oh, win a title. You've a been fact, flirting for years. Nobody
0: in Michigan seems upset at all.
2: I think they got what they needed out of him. He finally won. You do this flirting thing every offseason. Yeah. Thank you for giving us a title. Now, bye. We appreciate it. Thankful, thank you. We're always going to remember you. I think
0: they're actually a little bit happy they don't have to deal
2: with. The, I think so the too. The flirting, maybe now the the next hire will be very important. Apparently, it'll be Sharon Moore. But getting ha- not having to deal with this every off season, I think, is a relief because the next guy they hire probably is going to be around for years as long as he's successful. So they got he came. When did he get there? Like 2015 was that's when he
0: first. Uh, yeah, I think so. 15, 16. Yeah, yeah, so I think maybe sixteen.
2: It was a long, not even that long, but you know, the the losses Ohio State kind of built to a point where they're wondering whether they're going to fire him. Coming off the pandemic year, uh, he turns it around thanks to the cheating. I guess they win their title. He can, can he's done flirting with other teams. He's out the door. He's in the NFL, and they can move on. Like it's not a bad what seven eight year period for Michigan football when it when it uh, culminates in a title, and then they can go on to their next era, whoever that might be.
0: Before I get to a break, uh, Childish Child 2 it says Jim Harbaugh is resting mean face. He's got resting confused face now. It's kind of morphed into where he's looking around like where like when you can't find something on a shelf and you're looking and that's kind of what Jim Harbaugh looks like. He squints his eyes and like, he's not sure where something is. But Ime Yanez says Ime reminds me of Logan Wolverine, a true anti-hero. I could see that. Did you see Logan? I think I did actually, and I don't even like your little cartoons, as
2: John calls them. Well, that was that wasn't a cartoon, just a western with a with a guy with metal coming out of his his. Hands. Oh no,
0: I didn't see that. I saw Wolverine the movie. I didn't well, see I'm not talking that.
2: with Logan, old man Logan, when he's like decrepit and about to die and stuff like that. But he uh, still for some
0: ha- reason, I feel like I did. Maybe I went and saw it with one of my kids.
2: You you took I your felt... kids to a rated R.
0: Oh no, I wouldn't you, have done you that. You wouldn't have then. done
2: that. No, it
0: that was a rated R movie.
2: I like I said, it's pretty much a western, but with slight superhero influence, but it's not a traditional one where John would get all upset. Like, no,
0: not like... So it's kind of like when the vampire killer was Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> no, that was much... Like di- that?
2: That's much different. Shout out to shout out to a vamp, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or whatever, yeah. whatever it's called. No, this is... Wolverine as an old man up on his last legs, but he's got one more fight in him. I got one more in me, is what he said. And he's and he's it's 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 all the and they even talk about Shane the Western. That's a big part of the plot.
0: If you get knives in your hands, you can kill a lot of. You know, it doesn't matter yeah, how buddy. old you are; you're still extraordinarily. That, did dangerous. you know
2: that's not his mutant power? The knives, his mutant it's power. Healing. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. that's,
2: that's our nerdy talk of the. Of it's the,
0: healing. But it's not superpower. It's a killing power. It's a killing
2: power, yes.
0: Well, I've got these multiple knives, and at any point they can come out and I can just do and, this and, the, and
2: slit your throat. And the strongest steel known to man.
0: Yeah. So I'm not messing. I'm not messing with my dad at 78 right now. Yeah. I think that's what he is. Uh, or whatever he is, 76. I'm not messing with him still. He's a Marine and offensive line coach. You never mess with that combination. And you also don't mess with old men with knives coming out of their hands. You, you it think think is, I don't care idea. how old you are. I'm not messing with you seven thirty two here on the show, when we come back, uh, we will get into the coaching care, so I think we're starting to get safe here. I think Bobby slow it's the commander's is coming nothing back. for
2: him if he doesn't get that job, and boomer Science said there's a lock for someone else so we we could talk about that, maybe it means I don't know what Boomer Science knows, but he says the commander's job is a lock for a different candidate not named Bobby Sloick, which would mean we're probably safe if Boomer is right with yeah seven
0: thirty three here on uh, John, Lance, the bench, Dell, Sean, the whole nine yards. Seven one three, seven eight oh three seven seven six. I want to talk about uh QC Kinetics, what they've been able to do. Speaking of superpowers, one of the things that QC Kinetics does is you think Wolverine heals quickly. It with his inside his own body. How about you when you go to QC Kinetics? How about they take the body's healing power, they concentrate it, they put it back into the joint. So what this means is if you've got a back or a shoulder or a knee, especially knees and hips, I know this works really well there too and is used frequently, they can take the chronic pain that you're having and they begin to regenerate and restore damaged and lost tissue. What does that mean to you? Well, it means inflammation comes down and so you have better mobility But probably, most importantly, it doesn't hurt all the time. Doesn't it suck to wake up in the middle of the night? You hurt. You get out of bed, you hurt. You're sitting down at the office, you hurt. You can't get the same workouts in that you used to. You want to go play golf, but you can't. You want to go play basketball, but you can't. Or you can for a while, but then it starts to flare up and you don't move as well. I mean, that's really no way to live that life. How about you start to, uh, you begin to heal those, those, those issues within the joints with QC Kinetics. It really works. And they have four locations available. You don't have to get the surgery, the steroid shots, or even keep taking pain medicine for the rest of your life. There is an alternative, and it's one that has long-term success rate at a high level. It's qckinetics.com. Kinetics.com,
1: ESPN 97 5 and 92 5. Now with more nougat. You're not cooking. Pork chop sandwich. One is a quick-witted scholar and leader of men. The other is charitable, friendly, and engaging to every person he meets. Put them together and you get Del Olalea. Live in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance.
2: Wow. You got your own little the thing best, The best attributes of YouTube make me. Yes. Did you hear that?
0: Mm-hmm. I would say that's accurate. All right, 737.
2: So Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers.
0: What were you going to say about what What are we looking at here from a coaching standpoint? The job's still open and what it looks like.
2: Well, we know the Atlanta job is open, and Bobby Sloak has been called in for a second interview there. So mm-hmm. w- w- while that feels like a Belichick variable spot, Bobby Sloak is still in the running for that. We know about his connection with the commanders because of the former San Francisco 49ers executive, now the GM there. Although Boomer Siason says that job is, is a lock for one Ben Johnson. So if Boomer's right, noted newsbreaker Boomer Siason. That means another job is off the table for Sloan. So if that were the case, we're only worried about the, the the Falcons, even though that one seems destined. If Bill Belichick wants it, he'll get it. So we're at a point where if Boomer Esaiacin is right, well, all we, we can do is worry about Bill Belichick turning the job Are we down. worried about Carolina?
0: You think no one should take that job. Well, I don't think it's a great job. I think you've got to be pretty strong to take it. I don't think you want to be – look <laughs> – you can, if it's about Bryce Young, I get it, and I, I think it's easy to say it's about Bryce Young, but I think it's bigger than that. If you you can get a you can bring a good offensive coordinator in and help Bryce Young, you're talking about head coaching job. Bobby Sluk has had one year calling plays, and you want him to go over there and take over uh, an organization that's a, in a little bit of a mess with a very strong-willed owner. That's a bad. That's just. That would be horrible for Bobby Sloick, well, just
2: horrible. Well, Mike Vrabel— apparently. He's not ready for that. Vrabel's ready for Mike Vrabel, that. after interviewing with Atlanta yesterday, is, will be interviewing with the Panthers today. So maybe Vrabel is—maybe a land, maybe he goes and takes that job, and then we're worried about Atlanta and the commanders. So to your point and your belief that Sloak isn't going anywhere despite John's irrational fears— it seems more and more likely you're going to be right. It certainly helps as we talked about that you have these, don't dab, it's embarrassing for everybody, um, that three major names came, became available, Belichick, Harbaugh, and Vrabel, all guys who are going to attract attention. Not that Sloic might, might have been in line for the Chargers job, but thankfully Harbaugh took it. And hopefully Belichick, for Houston's sake, wants a job, and so does Vrabel, because those two would probably be favored over Sloak and that would mean commanders are bust. And Ben Johnson is the likely winner because Boomer Sias said so. So you may be right. Solok may be here for another year, but in all likelihood, they're going to lose to Rob Johnson. Uh, I know he's he's in line possibly for the Eagles OC job. That's mm-hmm. they're interested in him. So so you still may lose a, an important part of that offensive room but you don't lose the most important part outside of CJ Stroud. Yeah, and
0: I think it's I think it's important for the Texans to have Sloak here a second year and and I think yeah, Sloak does a nice job, but once again when you look at his resume, he's been a dude one year. I mean, he still has stuff to learn I, and and you know, selfishly, I want him to stay. I want him to stay and keep working on this on this offense, keep working on on you know, have a second year of understanding what he has with Nico Collins and Tank Dell. We outlined yesterday pretty extensively some of the issues the Texans have in terms of deciding whether or not to pay their own guys or whether or not to unleash another barrage of of free agents um, you know let guys walk and, and do the free agent game i, I don 't think they 're going to be big spend i think they 'll be big spenders, but mostly on their own guys i don 't think we 're going to see the headline wide receiver i mean big time the t higgins type i just don 't think that 's coming i don 't think we 're going to see that This is a pretty good year for. Uh, wide receiver draft. So that's something to keep an eye. on. And man, I watched JT Sanders yesterday. I haven't finished him yet from Texas. Holy crap, is he talented? I mean, Texas really screwed the pooch by not getting him the ball more. Well, I think Quinn Ewers didn't get on the ball enough. He it's, is super.
2: talented. It is fun, it's funny you say that, considering how great of a year they had. But they did have a this big this weapon that they did not they not. I mean, he had six hundred yards receiving, but
0: yeah. and they had Mitchell and they had. I mean, they're going to have three guys drafted in the first three rounds.
2: Is he a guy that if he comes on the field, everyone? Well, three offensive guys. I mean, if he is he a guy in the NFL when he's on the field, people know there it's a passing situation because he can't block or can he block? Can he I don't do know. I that?
0: haven't. I'm only watching the pass pro, so I got to look at the blocking stuff. Uh, I know he's one of those guys who he was pulling on a play and because I was watching something, I was watching Mitchell and he blocked somebody who was like a cornerback and he knocked him down and he started immediately doing the flex, over him. like as the play was going on. He stood and started walking like this to the sideline. I'm like, dude, you're like 255, and you knocked down a guy 180. Stop walking to the sideline doing Hulk arms. <laughs> That's not the move. That's just not the move. And so
2: 70, a 70-pound difference doesn't doesn't warrant the Hulk ah, arms?
0: No? You don't have to, like, start flexing in the middle of the play. we got to break it here. I'm a guy who gets out on time. And coming up next, we've got um, – our friend Robert Flores, who's going to join us from MLB Network to talk about Josh Hader, the great Josh Hader, and what the Astros are looking like this year, and where some of his concerns and where some of the areas that he's really excited about uh, will be headed into uh, headed into the year. So, if you guys want to jump in, 713-780-3776. Don't miss. Robert Flores up next.
1: Thank you for listening to ESPN 97.5. It means the world. A whole new world. A dazzling place I never knew your morning continues on its steep trail towards greatness and these are your Sherpas keeping you on the straight and narrow channel Lands, Lance live in the Veritex Community Bank Studios
0: our old friend Houstonian, proud Houstonian Robert Flores, RoFlo, joins us today. John is out today, rowflow but but uh, uh, Dell is in. Our producer is sitting in as a host, and we still want to talk Major League Baseball with you, and specifically, we got a new reliever. Now, I don't know if we've got a new closer, but, I mean, he does closer things. How do you see this playing out with left-hand closer Josh Hader and right-hand closer Ryan Presley?
3: Uh, first of all, good morning. Um I don't think you pay him ninety five million dollars to be a, a setup guy. So he's he's going to be the closer and Ryan Presley, who you could make the case has been one of the best postseason closers of his generation, is going to be an eighth inning guy. Uh it does give Joe Spada some flexibility because um, you know, it on, on the nights obviously Josh Hader can't close every game, but on the nights that he is uh not available. And, uh, you know, he addressed the – you know, when he was in in Milwaukee, he was uh, n- n- kind of hesitant to close on back-to-back days or pitch on back-to-back days. I, I don't know what conversations in that regard have been held, but uh, whatever the case is, uh, Josh Hader on most nights is going to be the guy that gets those final three outs.
2: Robert, it's very Houston-centric, but we're thinking about the 7-8-9 of, of Presley. However, it breaks down Presley, Abreu, and and Hader as the the most – at possibly seven eight nine in all of baseball is that simply Houston colored glasses or do you are you do you go along with that particular thought?
3: Yeah, no, I, I think it's fair and accurate to put those three as the best trio uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, the thing that concerns me uh, with with the Astros is behind the, what, what is behind those three? Um, you know, getting back to my earlier point is that you know those guys can't can't pitch every game. So I think right now the Astros lack a little depth uh, in their bullpen. Uh, They're going to need Rafael Montero to look like he did in 2022, not in 2023. Uh, But they've lost a lot of innings, Maton, Stanek, uh, Naris, et cetera. So um, right now they're a little top-heavy for me. But uh, the thing about bullpen and bullpens is that you can – they're very mercurial. So you can have unexpected seasons from guys that, uh, come out of nowhere. And also you can kind of work in the margins to find some, some, some arms to fill in the holes. And that's what Dana Brown and the Astros have to do now.
0: Well, and I think it's, you know, the Astros are also uniquely suited with, with having some starters come back from injury. And now, you know, when you really go through the numbers and you see, okay, or Javier, Uh uh, Justin Verlander, you've got obviously, uh, Garcia, you've got uh, J.P. France, Lance McCullers. I mean, Hunter Brown. When you go through these numbers, it clearly doesn't match a five-man rotation. You have excess, so one or two of those guys are going to become uh, are going to end up in the bullpen. And I mean, I don't. You know, I don't. How do you how do you sell that to these guys? Because all of them have had success as starting pitchers. Do you see them dealing one of those arms? Do you see a guy like Arcidi becoming a guy who? eats up three innings at a time. How do you see them handling uh, that excess of starters?
3: Well, I I, I view right now for this season, for 2024, I I view, and I have a gut feeling that the Astros can view it this way too, Garcia and McCullers is basically one pitcher Um, because both are coming off significant injuries. For Garcia, it's Tommy John, so you know there's going to be an innings limit on him. Uh, McCullers has... Uh, struggled with with his health in the past past couple of seasons. And he's not, he's saying he's, I I read, I think it was in the Athletic Chandler Rome writing, he's not expected back till around the All-Star break. So I I view those guys as basically one person in terms of how many innings they can give you. Um, I think for Justin Verlander, I think having a six-man rotation is extremely beneficial. Uh, When they were using six, uh, a six-man rotation during the course of 2022, it kept everyone fresh, not just the starters, but the bullpen, but the bullpen as well, and that's why they were so effective in the postseason. So, um, I'm with you. There is a surplus, but it's to a point. Um, I-, I would not deal, and I don't think the Astros have any idea, have any designs on dealing any any of their starting pitchers right now because they know how important their depth is right now.
2: A lot of talking, at least in this town, about relievers. Some The present, and the past, Billy Wagner, doesn't make the Hall of Fame. If we're doing the on-pace guy thing, it looks like he might or possibly will make it on his last attempt uh, next year. But my question was regarding how contentious these votes always are. I don't get the sense that the NF the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and really the Basketball Hall of Fame, everyone makes it, so it doesn't really matter. But why are these things so contentious? Is it because baseball writers love to give their opinion of why they didn't vote someone in? Why do these things always devolve into the back and forth of people being really upset that one of their guys doesn't make it?
3: Well, bigger picture, that's where we are as a a society. We're not happy unless we're fighting with one another. We're not happy unless we're angry about something. A lot of this stuff is performative. Um, You know, people like to get online and puff their chest and stuff like that. So, Um, I I really, 99.9% of the voters take it very seriously. They're very, very knowledgeable. They know more about baseball than probably, uh, a lot of them say no, but they've seen more baseball than probably all three of us combined. Um, so I, I think it's just, just the nature of the beast. That's why first take is so popular. We like to argue. We like to, we like to be, uh, angry for really no apparent reason. That being said, Billy Wagner should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. Lance Berkman should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Isn't that uh, crazy? Lance Berkman's numbers. Jeremy Branham, took a host here took took the numbers. Then this isn't necessarily fair, but he took the home numbers away from Helton. He doubled his road numbers and showed yeah. that. Which once again, that's not exactly fair. But he and then he put them against, transposed them or juxtaposed them against Lance Berkman's, Lance Berkman being off the ballot in one year, not getting 5%, and you look at what he did is a travesty.
3: Yeah, I I think the better case head-to-head, if you want to look at a case-by-case basis, I think compare Lance Berkman to Edgar Martinez. um, I I think that's the more accurate, um, for me, case-by-case or or head-to-head basis, if you will. Uh, and also consider Lance Berkman for a while played a premium defensive position center field. So, um, like I said, just, just big picture, 99.9% of the voters that vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame know what they're doing. There's a, you know, but like with anything, there's there's a few that make you kind of scratch your head. But this, this Hall of Fame talk is just, like I said, it's devolved into really kind of performative, fake, online rage. And, um, it's, it's really kind of, it's a time of the year that I don't really enjoy, but that being said, it's a very important exercise. We obviously have to do it. Um, and that being said, Billy Wagner should have been in the, uh, baseball, should have been in the baseball hall of fame a long time ago. Gary Sheffield should be in Andrew Jones should be in and Lance Berkman should be in. Yeah.
0: Sheffield fell off the ballot and Lance Berkman only got one year, which is once again, Absolutely outlandish. Um who is you mentioned first take. Who is the like the Stephen A. Smith guy at MLB Network? Like who's the guy that's kind of the muck <laughs> rate the guy it. they overwork? <laughs> the bully?
3: Yeah, yeah, thankfully we don't have any. Oh okay. you know, we we don't we don't have any fake pro wrestlers in our in, in know, our building. I thought so you were, were asking the guy we're they, good. I,
2: I thought you were asking who the who do they overwork and overpay. Because isn't that isn't well, the,
0: you want to say that too? I'll let you throw that out. I don't there think there it's gonna answer however. that question. Hey uh before we let you go, we know you have a TV show to do. Dell was bringing up uh, the dominant one, two, three of Abreu versus—I mean, Abreu to to um, um, Presley, Presley Hader. to yeah to Hater. As a Houston fan, as a longtime Houston sports fan, how do they compare in your opinion? That big three to Dotel to Lidge to Wagner.
3: Yeah, I think that's, that's a great, great comparison. People are. People nationwide are, are, are kind of sleeping on just how good Duck Dotel was and then Brad Lidge before he became Brad Lidge and then to go to Billy Wagner. That, that's pretty filthy. Those guys were nearly automatic, and I think they kind of get slept on, like I said, nationwide, of just how good of a trio that was. We'll have to wait and see. Um, like, like I said, I mean, uh, relievers can be mercurial, can be kind of up and down, but, but look... Um, you definitely trust the body of work that those three have put together. Josh Hader is, uh, I think, the premier closer uh, right now in the game. Ryan Presley has been arguably the best postseason closer of his generation. And Brian Bray, I think, is a closer in waiting. So um, I, I think it's going to be, like I said, if, if when those guys are right, and the Astros have the lead in that seventh inning, uh, you you got to feel pretty good about their chances of getting, closing out that game and getting the win.
0: Robert Flores, MLB Network. We appreciate you jumping in and, uh, and talking a little Hater and, and Astros with us today, and uh, go get them today. On are you on TV today this morning, or are you taking? No, a break?
3: I'm. I'm, actu- I'm actually on my way to a boxing class, so I'm ready to. You know. You know, I'm, my, my hands are lethal. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Well, you got to keep it that way when you're an Astros fan, just in case somebody wants to start something. <laughs> yes. Just in case somebody yes. wants to start yes. something no, real quick. No film.
3: telling who's going to come and run up on me.
0: That's right. That's right. All right, 757. Thanks for joining us this morning. We appreciate it.
3: You got it. Bye-bye.
0: All right, that's Robert Flores from MLB Network. When we come back, we will go over some of the stuff we haven't talked about. We'll, we'll hit on the Rockets again. If you haven't, if you're watching yesterday and you felt frustration at the end of that game and the way that it played out, Uh, Jump in. Want to hear from you, Rocket fans. We don't get as many calls from Rocket fans, but while it's a fun year, it's turning into a little bit of a frustrating year. It started really fun, and now it's turning a little bit frustrating with how things are going. But there's a couple of interesting statistics that came out of the game yesterday that I want to get to that should paint the direction in a little bit rosier light. 757 here. Uh, You can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on YouTube. Uh, go to the YouTube channel for ESPN 97.5 and watch us on YouTube. I'm going to pull it up, start chatting on YouTube, and uh, and we'll get going from there. But uh, I don't have a spot here, right? Yeah, that's right. That was, must have been your computer that yelled something at me, Dell 757-713-780-3776. you are listening to ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. 9,
1: you found ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I can feel it. I can feel it
3: down in my plums. We get a nice bluish hue.